We're live! <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Brand Interrupted live video show. For those of you watching, please say hello so that we know that you're here. And wanted to thank those of you tuning in to the podcast version of this. So I'm, I've already had Megan on the podcast before, but her and I are just so in alignment and have so much to share. And we were having a private conversation. I can't even remember how it started, but we were like, we need to bring this to the forefront because it's something I've never quite admitted, but I've always secretly wondered, like, does anyone else notice this trend happening? And I think Megan had the same observation. So welcome to the show, Megan. Do you want to quickly introduce yourself? Thanks. Yeah, of course. I'm so excited to be back. We always have the best conversations in private. And like, I feel like there's been like two or three times where we're like, um, let's just hit record. Like <laughs> other people need to hear this. So yes, thank you for having me back. Um, I'm Megan Siemens and I'm a life coach for women. I support you to get out of your comfort zone and into the life and business you're wildly obsessed with. And most recently I've finished studying um, human design. So I'm adding that um, into the biz as well, because I think one of the most important things you can do to get out of your comfort zone is get fully in alignment with who you truly are. And I think that's something we're going to really bring in today as well, being in alignment and being able to tune into you and the inner workings of you to make really empowered decisions. Yeah. And I, I think that that's the key thing here. Like a lot of people know my work is all around. I mean, part of it is about like listening to your own voice and, and brand story and so I'll kind of like do a drum roll and introduce this observation that me and Megan had. <laughs> and we, I don't remember how we got into this conversation now, but if you do. It was your post. It was your post you put up about your story and your experience mm -hmm. with working with a coach. Okay. Remember that post? Vaguely. I'd have to, but yeah. So there was something we noticed around, I've always had a block around feeling like I needed to use my financial success and like leverage that as the reason to hire me. And I notice a lot of other people do that. And I've just never resonated with that, that messaging. And because I had, Oh, I know what the post was now. It's coming back yeah. to me. Um, <laughs> because I bought into that story. Like I thought that I had to, um, wipe out my savings and make financial like reckless decisions and that kind of led into me um i've just never wanting to use like your sales as the beacon of your success so i'm yeah. curious megan for your thoughts on this as well yeah i mean i certainly like just being in the online coaching world i feel like i'm surrounded by this message like <laughs> Every day I get on social media, there's something that's like six steps to 10K, six steps to 10 figures. And yeah, you get sucked into it. And I think as humans, like it's so easy for us to grasp onto the tangible. Like we want to grasp onto the tangible because we can explain that and we can say, look, like here, here's this. And we forget about this whole other like inner world that we have with intangible results intangible feelings and so we're just like oh I can't really explain that I, I'll just push that aside and see if I can fix it on the external like see if I can fix it in these things that I can see like the monetary success like the business success like these are things you can very tangibly see and I think 
it's so easy to market to those things because it's like, look, grasp onto it. Here's the concept. It's easy to get. Um, but without those intangible experiences, without the things that are going on in the background, you're missing just this really incredible foundation that's going to allow you to create those results even more. So yeah, I have a lot of feelings around like that kind of marketing and just Mm -hmm. one playing on the fact that humans grasp onto the tangible so easily. And then two hitting something that's such a pain point for, I think women, especially we have like just really deeply rooted, um, wounded stories around money. And so marketing to that, that pain point, marketing to pain points in general, isn't my fave, but, um, just that one in particular, I think, yeah, it causes us to, to make decisions like you were talking about in your, in your post. And like I've done myself where we're like, Oh, well, someone else, you know, invested money and then it worked for them. So it must work for me. Yeah. 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 And I think as someone who teaches people how to share their story in a very authentic way, it's like, I have the same thing. I open my Facebook and I'm scrolling and it's like, download my PDF, like six steps to six figures and all these things. And it's, it's appealing to that person who's going after money, which is fine. I mean, we all love money and we need money and we're cool with the money. Good stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but what happens is like, it's going after this like freedom lifestyle. Like the money is kind of a byproduct of your work in the world. But when you're marketing specifically to that, it's like, you can't promise to make someone money in the same way a gym can't promise to help you lose weight. And I don't even know why this is not regulated. It blows my mind that people like, there's so much trust that it, I like, I don't even understand. Um, and the other thing about those types of posts is that you're not sharing the heart of the story. You're saying like, I went from sleeping on my sister's couch to, I, I worked so hard. I did, you know, insert quick steps. And now this is my beautiful life and my private jet and my this and that. And it's like, that's not the power of storytelling. And you look at like culturally and historically stories are meant to help guide humans. Like when we were living in caves back in the day, like yeah. it was a way to share knowledge and actually warn people. And like, obviously it's developed over time. So if you're like blabbling on about your financial success, like you're not actually being of service to people, um, in the way that you're sharing that story. And it can be super misleading. Like, like you said, Megan, like people are really, women especially are vulnerable to that type of thing. And, um, I guess this kind of segues into the thing I was dancing around. I was like, Oh, I don't know if I should share this, but <laughs> I love that. <laughs> here yeah um but i and i'd love to hear your experience as well megan but i grew up like very financially responsible and so i like i was just never someone who would go into debt i got through university and didn't have any student loan debt and i kept hearing these stories that you keep reading when you read these stories all the time you think it's truth but it's actually not your truth and yeah. so I had an experience where I thought, I believed that everyone talks about going into wild debt and then, and like, then they hit the ball out of the park and their business takes off and it's happily ever after. And so I thought, 
oh, I've been being careful all this time. Maybe I need to do something drastic and like get a line of credit, max out a credit card. And that was just not the best decision. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so true. Like when we read a story, we put ourselves in it. And that is like something that I am just constantly reminding people, rerouting you like to stay conscious while you're on social media. Cause we do that. We like place ourselves in the story and I'm actually the exact same way. I went all the way through college, everything like that with no debt as well. And saw all these stories and I was like, Oh, like, okay. They went into massive debt and then now they're like, doing incredible and amazing. They're all around us. And you know what? Those stories are going to work for some people, but it doesn't mean that it has to be your story. And I think that's what we just have to be so aware of. Like, do I want this decision just because it worked for this person? Or do I want this decision because I know internally, because we know, like we know if we can tune in to when we're taking a risk, when we're moving out of our comfort zone, like there's a difference between moving out of your comfort zone and feeling like the excitement balanced with the fear versus feeling scared out of your mind and feeling resistance. There's a difference there and you can feel that internally. So you know if a risk is going to be right for you or not. And I think we go against our intuition. We go against what feels right because we put ourselves in someone else's story. There's a quote, I don't want to like butcher it. I always like think of quotes during (laughs) interviews and then I'm like wait do I actually do I actually have it laid out right it's like something along the lines of we compare ourselves to everyone else's outer world because it's all we can see but the inner world is what we can see in our own story and we'll never see that for anyone else right Yeah. And I think that's just what we get caught in. Yeah. We put ourselves in those stories. That's exactly what I did as well. It was like, Oh, it worked for her. Cool. That's going to save me too. Yeah. And something that you brought up when we were chatting privately is around the self-awareness and Mm -hmm. um, the partnership, like the more you understand yourself and know yourself, the more you can partner with someone that's really going to bring your best self to the table. And, you know, you just said something that reminded me of like, I remember when I worked with that coach, like the one, the, the PTSD coaching experience I had was that after every single session, I got off feeling deflated, yeah. invalidated, um, feeling like everything I was doing was wrong. Yeah. And it like, it, it was exhausting because by yeah. the end of the, I'm just going to give some like transparent figures here for those of you watching and listening, but it was $10,000 for six weeks. And at the end of the six weeks, I remember being on the final call and we were kind of doing like a summary. And I just said, I don't have any results. I have nothing to show for these six weeks together. And I'm out $10,000 now. Um, And she was like, oh, it just takes time. Like you have to keep going at it. And, you know, for me, it just felt like such a lack of integrity to leave someone hanging that way. And I think at the same time, Megan, I know I told you this privately, but at that same time, like she was building a massive pool in her backyard and I would see these pictures of this stupid pool being built. And I was like having all this debt, I could like barely pay my rent. And it was just like, where is the integrity in this industry? And as much as I have like still some lingering bad feelings around that. I also had to really look at myself and the state that I was in when I signed up, which was 
save me. I'll pay. Just someone help me and save me. And I, and Megan, you also said this, it's like, I thought I had to learn this lesson the hard way, but we don't, I'd love to hear your thoughts on this. Like, um, how we learn lessons. Can they be? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's like, if you take anything away from this live, if you take anything away from like how you step into like a coaching experience or a mentorship experience with anyone, it's be conscious with the stories that are playing in the background. What is the motivator behind what you're doing? Because if it's for someone to save you or fix you, you're probably coming in at a place of resistance, right? Because a coaching experience, and I know you've had um, incredible coaching experiences since then, and maybe you can speak to this as well, but to me, at its core, it should be empowering and you should feel supported. And I had a very similar experience um, as Brittany in um, with a coach that I hired for the same reasons, save me, fix me. I can't do this myself. I'm not good enough to do this myself. I'm not good enough to shine the way I want to shine. I need someone to like lift me up there. Yeah. So I came at that from the same, you know, experience as you and every call I left feeling drained, energetically drained. There was nothing there. I felt like I was doing everything wrong and that's never what a coaching experience should be. Yeah. You should always feel empowered. And you can feel that the minute you have, say, your first discovery call or the minute you um, tap into their content even or your first conversation with them. Like, we know this. We just need to learn to trust ourselves more than anything. Like, you know what's best for you more than anyone else does. Yeah. I so, I mean, this has become, I always say like our greatest struggles are, um, our biggest struggle is our greatest gift and trusting my own voice has been like a lifelong struggle. So when I look back to that moment where I made the decision to invest, um, I don't think I could hear the actual inner voice that was happening, but I think on the discovery call, I already knew that you know, I just, if it's just not actually in my values to spend exorbitant amounts of money if I don't have it upfront and I get it. Mm -hmm. People have different ways of working. Like you were saying, I just don't believe in like having your back up against a wall. And like, I felt like I gave my life raft away and I actually said that to this coach and it's like, she took it and left me to drown. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That sounds really dramatic, but, um, that was the feeling I had. I'm curious, Megan, if you had, when you signed up, was there an inner voice that was telling you something, something else? Yeah. So I actually said no on the call. And so this is going to bring it back to that lesson. (laughs) Yeah. Of trusting yourself. I said no on the call and the response I got was, well, then you must not want the things you told me as bad as you said you did. And what happens when you hear that, if you're not consciously aware and if you're not trusting yourself, is your ego is going to immediately take over, which is what mine did. It said, yes, I do. Yes, I do. And then it was all of a sudden like, oh, yeah, I came here to be saved. And those old programmings, those old stories come up. That's right. I came here to be saved. Um, she's trying to save me. So thank you. Like, yes, you're right. I do want those things bad. Help me get there. Yeah. So for me, I did hear the no. And I knew 
after the call and then I ended up saying yes. And I knew after I said yes, I had a gut feeling all day long of like, what did I do? What did I do? What did I do? You, that is not how you feel going into a coaching experience. Like I've worked with coaches since I, I've, um, I worked with coaches before and I always felt empowered, like something incredible was about to happen. Mm. And I just kept telling myself, I was like, oh, well, you're just scared because it's that big investment that people have to make before they get successful. And I just realized I didn't answer your question before. It doesn't have to be the hard way. You don't have to learn it the hard way. Like you, and I think, again, that's just us placing us in a, ourselves and other people's stories oh well this is the path they took so I must have to take that as well well you make a really good point because there's also messaging I've seen where they talk about they um people talk about how it has to feel scary to invest mm -hmm. you were talking a little bit about the comfort zone but it's like I remember with a, a actually a close friend of mine she had a post about this mm -hmm. and I had commented and I'm like if I'm terrified to make an investment, that's actually a sign that it's not right for me. And yeah. this type of messaging can be so damaging. And I remember her and I ended up having a private conversation about that because um, I was so triggered when I saw that post. I'm like, we need to be, and this is what's really shaped my work around conscious messaging. Like we need to be responsible and aware of the messages that we're putting out there. We have a responsibility as leaders and as public figures. And a lot of people I don't even think realize that um, these these messages can be harmful, but I think it's also up to us as well to, you know, take that radical self responsibility and not internalize these messages. And that yeah. is the awareness piece. Um, I had a question or not a question. I had another observation. So yeah. the irony, I think of both of our situations, Yeah. correct me if I'm wrong, but both of the coaches we worked with aren't in business anymore. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think it's just really old, worn out sales tactics that yeah. I don't, I, I truly don't believe that they have a place in this industry. Like this is such a beautiful industry and like so much goodness has come from this industry. And because of that experience, like I almost gave up coaching because I was like, what, what am I doing in here? Like, is this what it's about? Is this what it's, it's meant to leave people feeling like, like, I don't want to be a part of that. And I almost gave it up because of that. But then coming home to the knowing of, Oh wait, here's yeah. what it actually is. And then doing the inner work, yeah. the inner work that no one wants to do, but you guys, it's all we have. Like, that's all we have. I, this is our foundation, the inner work, right? Yeah. Can you share a little bit more about like what that thought process was? Because I also had that right before I hired this coach, actually, I was like, I'm done. I'm going to get a job. Like I'm mm. like, I can't. And, and since then things have evolved, but I have had these m moments, almost like a whisper. That's like, I don't want to be a part of this industry. If this is, if this is how it is, because like you said, it, this is such beautiful work in the world and it kind of gets ruined by yeah. <laughs> some people. But yeah, tell me a little bit more about that. Like, how did you yeah. come out of that? Yeah. You know, I think there's, there's always, there's going to be bad people in every industry, right? It doesn't matter. Like there's going to be bad people in every industry. And you know what, actually, I want to reframe that. I don't even know that it's necessarily 
always bad people. I think oftentimes you have people that haven't done the work and that just go into this because they're like, oh, I could do that. Um, And I don't think that necessarily makes them a bad person. I think they probably just haven't done the work themselves. Um, Yeah, my thought process around that was, so I actually did give it up. I don't actually think you and I talked about this. I posted about it on my Instagram, though. I'm not sure if you saw it. Um, I actually did leave and go get a job. And Wait, um, when? Yeah, I did. Um, last year. Wow. Yeah. No, so no. I, the, there's a story on my Instagram. Maybe I can find the post and we can like tag it later so you all yeah. can read of just like the process that I went through. Wow. Um, but I was just processing it, processing it, processing it. And I was like, what am I doing? Like, this is, I don't want to be in this industry. Like people are still telling me to talk about, you know, the financial results. And like, I was just like, what am I doing? And for me, like, I think if I can give myself space, that's my best healing um, method, but I wasn't allowing myself to have that space. So I hit a wall and I was like, I'm done. And I just was like, I'm going to get a job like I'm not doing this anymore and by doing that I ultimately (laughs) the irony faced like oh I remember why I didn't want to do this job thing and now I remember why I went into coaching and now I remember the goodness in coaching and now I remember the good experiences and it brought me home to that um so my thought process was very messy and did involve me like giving it all up and being like no I'm done um I'm letting it go to be able to have that space to process through and heal through that story and heal through the experience that I had and I think you and I were talking about this before we hopped on like even if you've healed you can still feel anger in the story um and just bringing yourself back home to the process, back home to the process every time it comes up. Yeah. I mean, I, I still have anger and a lot of it has to do with, I haven't paid off that line of credit mm-hmm. and not because I couldn't, but just because every time I go to make a payment, I just feel this resentment that boils in me. And I've had a reframe around that though, is that I'm paying myself back. I'm not paying her back. And so that's felt a little empowering. But, um, it's, it's not so much the anger at them. It's more of myself. Like I, I just, yeah, it's the disempoweredness that I had back in the day. And yeah, I'm curious though. So in ter- I know you're kind of new ish in human design or maybe not new ish, but you're public about it now. Yeah. Yeah. And we're both projectors. So, (laughs) but explain a little bit around the authority you were talking about how to make empowered decisions and yeah, 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 yeah. So I think uh, human design to me is just another tool we can use and it's not meant to give us more labels. We certainly don't need any more labels. (laughs) Um, It's not meant to box us in at all. There's literally 2 billion configurations in human design. Like you are a completely unique human. Um, So I just say that I I like to start off saying that just because I think oftentimes when people come into human design, they find the type and then they're like, meh, don't relate. 
Um, but there's so many other pieces. And one of my favorite pieces is what's called the authority. You'll see it on your chart um, where the writing part is, not in the crazy looking picture that is on a human design chart, but just where the writing is, it'll say authority. And it'll have um, something like uh, sacral, splenic, something like that. And what your authority is, is the way you make decisions with the least amount of resistance. And I've found with the sessions that I've been doing that oftentimes this very much feels like your intuition that you've always known. And it just gives you an extra tool to be able to navigate decisions and just to be able to experiment with and play with. Is this the way that I can make decisions with the least amount of resistance and allowing that to guide you a little bit. So I'll just run through them super quickly so that if anyone does pull up their chart and look at the authority, they can know just a little snippet. So there's um, sacral authority. So that's going to be if you're a generator and that's really a gut feeling. It's really a feeling of something happening through you, a yes or a no feeling. You're going to get like an aha, uh-uh, uh-uh, an opening or closing. Um, so that's one. Solar plexus is another. That's going to be an emotional decision maker. So for you, you're not meant to make decisions on a really high high or a really low low. You're meant to wait out an emotional wave, which I think is so key if you are that emotional um, authority and you don't spend your time doing that. Like you, I, I find that people really relate with that one. And then we have splenic. Splenic is a very quiet um, nudge in the moment. Yes, that's Brittany. Um, it's a very quiet in the moment very intuition. <laughs> yes, <laughs> the quiet nudges, listening into those. Um, that's also my boyfriend, and we've had so much fun just experimenting with his clinic authority. Um, it's been really cool. And then we have what do we have? We have ego manifested and ego projected. These both come from your heart space. Um, they're different from manifest and generators but they're very much like making decisions from statements of like how like I statements um, it's very much like almost a selfish decision making process but knowing that making those decisions that are for you are going to impact other people um, then we have a uh, self-projected that's what I am this is very much a verbal processing um, and I am very much known to like talk to myself and <laughs> Like through through a decision making process, I'm just like talking, 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 and like before I knew this and could really make a tangible tool, my boyfriend would be like, "Let me help you," and he'd like talk through it, and now I'm just like, I don't need you to talk through. I just need to speak it out loud. Yeah. Um, then there's environment where you're greatly infected by your environment, and then there's lunar, which is for reflectors, and for you all, you work really well with the the moon cycle so that's a really neat one to dive into as well but anyways I just wanted to give those really quick because it's just a tool you can experiment with and tap into and see is that how my inner voice feels is that how I process the best and allowing yourself to be with that and trust trust that guidance because we're not meant to make decisions from up here this is where we get stuck in our mind um we get stuck in our mind and we're definitely not meant to make decisions from comparison but both of those are the way we're taught to make decisions we're taught think it through like what's the logical the logical outcome but i think when we get stuck in that is when we start to put ourselves in other stories because logically this worked for someone else yeah right but well, that doesn't mean it's gonna work for you yeah how people sell it is that they achieve some level of success and then they're selling you a system that yeah. it's not that the system doesn't work, but it might not work for that person because everyone has different strengths and yeah. weaknesses. And, um, um, something that we haven't touched on yet was talking about trauma informed 
yeah. mentorship or coaching. And I had chosen, you know, probably subconsciously to work with a coach who was very like invalidating and tough love because it echoed mm -hmm. the authority leaders in my life growing up, yeah. whether parenting or school or whatever. And that's not my best way to learn because that mm -hmm. puts me into the um, freeze trauma response. And mm -hmm. I need, I now have the awareness that I need to work with someone who's going to be extra loving and supportive. And again, you see these messages, just like you had your experience, Megan, where people will say, well, if you want it bad enough, then you'll find a way to make it happen. And, um, that can be very triggering and damaging for people who are, have people pleasing habits, such as myself, yeah. where I remember calling the bank and like literally almost begging for them to extend my line of credit so I could make this payment. And I, part of me wishes they had refused me, but they, they didn't. <laughs> and, um, cause I, I would have done any, like I was, I thought, okay, I'll fit into this narrative. I'm going to do anything and everything so that I can mm -hmm. feel worthy enough. Cause mm -hmm. if I can make it happen, then that means I really want it. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have any thoughts around trauma informed coaching? I just think, like if you want to create those big, massive results, like amazing. And like, if you want to get to the 10 K month and you want to have the six figure business, that is an incredible goal. Yeah. And if you haven't done that work and, ex and yeah, experienced well, like the, the, the way you've experienced trauma as a child and how that's still replaying out and different things like that, like getting to those results, I think it's going to be filled with so much resistance. Can you do it? Sure. But are you going to continue to bump into things? Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's just, it's some of the most important work you can do to be able to heal inner child stories, to be able to heal what's running the show in the background, because your external world will never change your internal reality. I think so often we think, well, if I get the 10K, like you said, then I'll be worthy, then I'll be happy, then I'll feel fulfilled, then I'll live fully free. We have all these ideas of like, if I just get this, then I'm going to feel all these things internal, but that's just simply not the truth. And we see this play out we just like, I feel like we just ignore these stories. We ignore the bad stories. We see this play out um, with people who like, for example, like win the lottery and then like sabotage all the money away or like get robbed. Like there's countless stories about that. Like the money doesn't change your, your internal reality and it doesn't change the stories you have. And I think if you do the work to like create these massive results without doing the inner work, you're either going to end up burning out, self-sabotaging yourself um, or hitting massive resistance like both Brittany and I did where we just like, it wasn't going to work for us because we were in such a resistance mode. Yeah. And that if we trusted knowing that before going into the experience, then neither of us would have kept bumping into these things. Like I still resonate with you, like calling the bank um, and like getting the credit line. I remember there was like a, a day that I was trying to, cause I, I also put $12,000 on a credit card for the coach that I worked with. And I remember there was a day I like went to the bank to try and like work on my minimum payment because I was paying a minimum payment that was literally just paying the interest. Yeah. And I went to work with them and they were like, no, no, no. And I'm like, please tell me there's anything you can do so I can figure this out. And, um, I remember they said no. And I remember just like sitting in my car crying and I was like, what, 
what am I going to do? Like I'm, I'm, it shows on the credit card statement, like you'll pay this off in 40 years. <laughs> oh my God. What? And there's just so, so, and I've done so much inner work and so much work around my money story. And that entire story has completely shifted. And I just think if you can work on those stories first, you don't have to have those moments of just like breaking down in your car and thinking, what have I done? If you do the work first, you can do things like you said, reframe the way you're making the payment or like I've done, I've just done a lot of work around reframing it into creating long-term wealth instead of this story of like, you have to invest in order to like make it happen. And you can reframe these stories so that you don't hit moments like this. Well, and you know, that's another story. And I've, I've changed a little bit my stance on this, but the fact that it's so like prevalent to say you have to invest to up level, Mm -hmm. like that's not true. And actually how I first started there, I'm going to do a little shout out to um, Ryan Comey and his wife, because she just went either into labor or just had a baby. But she said she didn't listen to people's birthing birthing stories because she didn't want it to skew her experience. And that's the same thing when you're growing your business. And so I believe in mentorship. I think it absolutely gets you to the next level. But if you're getting into this codependent dance, like where you need it, like that's again, where it can be really dangerous. And I listened to, I recently started watching the real housewives of New York city. I know this is like a really old show, but, um, there's this girl, Bethany, Bethany Frankel, and I'm just in love with her. And I was watching one of her interviews with Gary Vee and she's like, no, I don't have a mentor. And she has like a multi-million dollar company. So it's, again, I'm not saying I'm, I'm against mentorship, but you have to be conscious of the stories you're buying into and buying into literally buying into a quote that's selling you a story that if you pay me, then I'm going to help you. Like, yeah, of course you're going to on some level get some result, but you have to have that conviction going into it. You have to know that no matter what you're going to get what it is you need. Um, I just got fired up there. It's really, it's like, it's a funny line, right? Because we're both sitting here and we're both coaches and mentors. Like we, like, so it's like a funny line. We're like, don't hire us. Like it's so, but you don't, yeah, you don't need me. You don't need Brittany. And that's the point. Like it's the first, the first coaching moment is in the initial um, call or like whatever it is that you do. The initial decision for someone to to invest in you as a coach or mentor, that is the first coaching moment you have. And if the first coaching moment I have with a client is making them go through resistance and like feel like they're like walking through like fire to work with me, like that energy is going to come into the rest of the experience versus if they've made this empowered decision of like, this is where I want to be right now for me, that energy is going to come into the rest of the experience as well. And I would so rather have you in full empowerment mode than must make this happen. Oh my God. It's so true. I remember talking about this a while back 
And to go full circle with the conversation I had with like a friend and colleague was that I, I want to feel excited when I sign up for a mentorship. Like I'm like, yeah, like even when the money, when I pay the credit card bill or, or make the payment, I feel good about it. Like, I think that's how we should feel. And again, to go back to this, like, oh, investment should feel scary. Like bullshit. Who says who? Like, why are we buying into this? And it, you know, it, it just gets me really fired up. And I, I really hope that in us having this conversation, it can help, um, it can help someone else because I didn't know these things two years ago. Yeah. Well, I so agree. It's like, no, you don't have to feel like your life is going to fall apart in order to put it back together. You don't have to feel like that. Like you can feel empowered. You can feel trusting. Like you can feel guided. I've invested since then and it hasn't felt anywhere close to that. It has felt exciting. It has felt guided. I have felt empowered. Um, and I just think that's how you should always come into a, an investment and sure there might be a little comfort zone fear there, but learn your feelings, like learn and um, learn how your feelings are embodied within you and just know the difference between like, this is just like has a little bit of fear here because it's new versus this has fear because I feel like I'm not going to be able to lead my life due to this decision. <laughs> Yeah, I'm so glad you made that distinction because I was going to ask, like, how do you know the difference between, because I think this is where our self-limitations can come into place and then it is beneficial to have a mentor because what you perceive as, like, comfort zone could actually just be you, like, chickening out. So I'm curious for your thoughts on that. Like, how how do we not self-sabotage when we're like, oh, it's just my comfort zone, it's fine. Like, how do we... How do you find that balance? <laughs> yeah, it's certainly a balance. Like that's the word. <laughs> that's the word I use for sure. I honestly, to me, it's, it's, it's discovering your feelings. We're not taught that. We're not taught that in school. I wish we were like, <laughs> it's something that, <laughs> it's something that's with us the rest of our life and we don't learn how to navigate them. We really learn how to like numb them out and just ignore them and not lead any decisions based on them. Um, so learning what your feelings feel like, what does your comfort zone feel like? Mm. What does actual fear feel like? <laughs> like mm. actual fear to me has that fight or fi- fight or flight response. I know when actual fear is here, like I'm going to be able to like work with it. Like everyone always uses the, if a lion was chasing me, um, we would know exactly what to do, but it's true. Like if a lion was chasing you, you would go into fight or fight mode, like adrenaline's going to start pumping and you're going to know what to do your body knows. And I can remember like when I invested in the coach that I was in resistance when like my body was having physical reactions after my heart was pounding, my skin was red. Like I felt like my adrenaline was going and it was just like, "Ah, what is happening? I felt like a really like high fear state. And when I'm moving out of my comfort zone, it's like, this is uncomfortable. Like I've got butterflies in my stomach. It feels weird, but like, I'm super excited as well. There's like this twinge of excitement that comes in with your comfort zone. That's my experience and what I've found works really, really well for people tapping into those. I don't know. What are your thoughts on hearing that? I love that. I mean, I'm, I'm pretty aware now when I'm self-sabotaging or, like deciding am I just in my comfort zone or is this like a visibility fear Mm -hmm. but I think like as you said that so something I had done back in the day when I was making the decision is I did muscle testing 
Mm, yeah, love that. And I did the one, not like with your hands like this, but when you're standing, mm-hmm. you either move forward or backwards. Yeah. And so I think that I had gotten yes, but there was so much. Oh, here's one way I know. This is probably a little splenic human design as well. But okay. if, if I have to like overthink about it and it becomes yeah. a, a thing or a production, then I know it's wrong for me. If, if it's just like a yes, it's a yes. And the second I start getting into my head, then I'm like, nope, nope, it's not right for me. And that became a very hard thing to heal because I had, I then had trust wounds. So even though my reaction is splenic, I no longer trusted my intuition because I felt betrayed by myself. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I love that. I, yeah. And you're so spot on. And that's why I'm like experiment with your authority because so often it just feels right for you. Um, And that was the same as it was for me. I'm very much a verbal processor. And as the verbal processor, like, you know, the feeling of when the truth comes out versus when you're trying to talk yourself out of it, like what you were saying. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's the same for me. Like, I know the moment the truth comes out, I'm like, oh, that's the truth. Like, that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the minute I, I keep trying to go with it, I'm like, but what if this happened? But what if that happened? I know I've like overstepped and I'm in something else now. Mm-hmm. Just trust yourself. Like learn to trust yourself again, because you like every single person watching, listening to this, whatever, like you are so full of wisdom and like full of more than you even know. Like sometimes I'm just like, did that come from my brain? Did that happen? Like, did I do that? You are full of like wisdom and things waiting to come out and whatever you're nudged towards, like it's there for a reason. Yeah. And trust that. Trust that. Yeah. Beautiful. Well, wrapping up, I took you a little bit over today, but (laughs) it's just like, we could talk forever about this. Yeah. So I guess like my final closing thoughts were how do you think someone can like for, because a lot of my audience is entrepreneurs, how can they market themselves and focus more on the transformation than like the financial tangible result? Like what, what's your thoughts or your tips around that? Yeah. I think, you know, kind of what I was just saying, like whatever you're nudged towards, like the mission you're nudged towards, I think so we're so fast to be like, that's not important. That's not important, especially when it's our zone of genius, because it feels so easy to us that we're like, that's not important. Like, why would anyone need that? But that's just because you're innately good at it. So we're like so fast to talk ourselves out of what we're called to share but know that, that that message and that mission is so important. Um, and I think, you know, I think there, there are people that are meant to support people in money stories and that are meant to support people in business. But if you're going against that mission you're nudged towards just because you think that's going to be the easy route for you, like I would dive into that story and see what's your motivator behind that. Um, Why are you trying to go that route when it's not what you initially set out to do? What's the motivating factor behind that? Yeah. I love that. And I had heard, I don't know who said this or where it's from, but they say like you're either selling health, wealth, or I can't remember the third one now, maybe relationships. Relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember people used to say to me, well, if you're helping people with brand story, then you're helping them essentially make money. And I'm like, but no, because 
your story doesn't always need to be monetized. Like that's not my end goal is not to help people make money. It's a byproduct because of the work that we do, but my work is so much deeper than that. And I mean, like you just said, like it comes so easy to me that I'm like, Oh, can I charge for this? Can I really, Mm -hmm. I still have these thoughts by the way. Like I'll still have a client payment come through and I'd be like, Oh my God, they're going to find me out. I like, who am I to be accepting money for this? <laughs> oh my goodness. That's so true. I think I, I think it was Madison. I heard this from which um, you also worked with and Madison, yeah. uh, something along the lines of like, like the actual imposter doesn't think about themselves as being an imposter. Right. Yeah. So yeah. like we have those moments of like, oh, they're going to find me out. Like yeah. that's actually like a good sign. Like you have a conscious and, and you're, you're paying attention to your stories that you, that you have playing. Yeah. It's so frustrating because I'm like, oh, I wish I could just have like such an inflated ego that I didn't have to have these thoughts. Like <laughs> I see other people and I'm like, oh, I just need to be, you know, that I'm buying into the story. Like maybe I just need to be more like that. <laughs> Oh my gosh, but that so goes back like full circle to like, we only see people's outer world experiences. We have no idea what's going on in their inner world. No clue. Yeah. 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 Oh my God. This has been such an amazing conversation and I'm like, so happy that we brought this to the public. Yes. Where can people find you on social media? Yeah, you can basically just find me with my name everywhere. So like Instagram at Megan Siemens, uh, Facebook, Megan Siemens, website, www.megansiemens.com. So literally just search my name. You'll find me. (laughs) I guess that's it. That's a wrap. (laughs) That's all. I can't wait to to read comments like on the Facebook portion of this. So Say yeah. hi and hello, and I'll come. I'll come say hi and hello to you all too. <laughs> <laughs> all right, you from Paris. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brittany. This was so fun.